You know, I don't know about you, but there's sometimes in worship, like on that last song, when I just go in my head, I think, on my way home, that's the song that's going to be playing in my car. I don't know about yours, but um, so great just to hear you guys um, just with great exuberance and faith, just proclaiming those truths that we hold so dear. And uh, listen, good morning. Um, welcome uh, to Christ Church. And my name is Brian Beeman. I'm the lead pastor here. And uh, whether you're here in the building or joining us online, uh, we're just glad you're here and that we've got God's word open, and we've spent some time worshiping with one another. Um, I want you to know, each and every week, uh, this gathering together of God's people, is, um, it's a grace to our souls. Uh, anybody who's been walking with the Lord for long knows that when you gather together with God's people, um, there's something about that that is supernatural, uh, stirs our hearts with great affection. This weekly gathering is a time to remind ourselves of gospel promises, to stir one another up to love and good works, to use our gifts to serve one another in and around the service, and uh, we need it, and uh, you need it, and I need it, and uh, we need it particularly in uh, just a, a, a season that even this last week that there's so much craziness going on in our world, and uh, the school shootings way too close to home, and uh, fear being stirred up by another COVID variant and craziness around the holidays and the list could go on. And so um, anybody um, think that a good idea into all of that would be a message on peace? Anyone? Anyone want to vote? Hands raised? Well, um, uh, guess what? Um, we had this set up long before uh, this time came and we're so thankful for God's wisdom in this. And that's what I need right now and what I believe we need right now. And so with your Bibles open to Romans chapter 5, um, as you're turning there, let me just pray for our time in God's Word this morning. God, I'm asking this morning that uh, you would give us a sense of your peace. Father, I um, am deeply thankful for the gospel and the truths that it proclaims into our lives. The wisdom we have for how to live in light of that gospel is one that I'm asking that you would bring it through the work of your spirit. You know the places that are unsteady in people's lives. You know the, place where, the places where there is fear and anxiety. I pray this morning that we might be able to replace some of those lives, lies that we're believing with gospel truths that uh, never fail, that are steady and unmoving. And so I pray that that would get reinforced in our lives and maybe even for some introduced for the first time, and so we just trust you in that. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Okay, so week three of Sharing Christmas, uh, this series we've been in. Uh, two weeks ago, we talked about uh, what does it look like for us to share our faith? What does the Bible teach us, and how do we share our faith with other people? We talked about clarity, about uh, the message, and the mission, and the manner in which we do that. Then last week, we talked specifically about hope. And we talked about how we're supposed to set your hope on gospel promises. And this week, uh, we turn our attention to peace, to peace. And I just want to share from the very beginning, I, I talked about this last week, but um, the subject of having peace is a constant struggle for me, okay? Like, don't ever, it's just a really good practice. It, it doesn't matter how long somebody's been walking with the Lord or what role they have in the context of the church, um, we all struggle, and many of us have particular areas of struggle in our life. And this has been a major battleground in my life. Um, I'm tempted to anxiety often. Uh, I, I'm sure there's some people in this room with me in that. Uh, my emotions at times can be sort of all over the place, particularly in certain circumstances. 
and it causes a struggle with anxiety. And, and the cause for me, like so many of us, I'm sure, it can vary. It can, it can find its root in deep insecurity or fear of man, uh, a fear of the future, sometimes an, um, uh, just an ongoing anxiety that comes around strained relationships, maybe in our present or maybe in our past, still speaking over our lives. It's anxiety. And uh, this lack of peace shows itself in so many different areas. And I know from at times when struggling to, to identify victory and walk in it, that, that I know that victory in regards to anxiety, you, to, to, to get to victory, you have to focus on the heart. You have to get to the root issue. And the root issue, without question, is a gospel issue. And what, I'm, what we're going to see this morning really clearly from God's word is, is that even more specifically than just a general gospel issue, it particularly is going to be a struggle if you have a misunderstanding or a forgetfulness about your justification or about justification that's offered to you in Christ. That's declared boldly in Romans chapter 5, so if you've got your uh, Bible turn there, just look with me. Here's the verse, starting in verse 1. It starts, therefore, therefore, before I even read the rest of it, I want you to realize we're jumping into the middle of the book of Romans, and Romans 1 through 4 has defined in great detail why we need the justification because of our own tremendous brokenness of sin and all of that. It's the first four chapters of Romans have talked about justification that comes by faith in Jesus because of what he accomplished through dying on the cross. So all of that is in what's being said here when Paul writes, therefore. Therefore, based on all of that, since we have been justified by faith, he's like, if you have, if you've come to a place where you've repented and believed, if you've looked away from your own sin and are now looking to Jesus Christ to lead your life, you are justified. Look what it says. Since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And I mean, that should just cause us to go amen. Like, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And so what I want you to see is, is this is sort of the big move, the big idea Find peace by living out of the truth of your justification. Live, find peace by living out of the truth of your justification. Now, if we're going to go after in this message finding peace, let me just be really clear on what peace is. Because there's things all the time the Bible talks about that the world defines in completely different ways than the Bible defines them. So peace is not a worldly peace. Peace gets misunderstood. People believe that peace is the absence of struggle. Oh man, if I could just get to the place where I would say I have no more struggle anymore, then I would find peace. So often we think about peace, in, in, and this is sort of the picture we have in our minds of peace. It's like, that's peace. Like, if I could just be on that beach with no children around, with no worries, no job tomorrow. If I could be on that island, you know right now I'm not even sure I want to be there with my spouse. I just want to be there, peace, away from everything. And that's, that's his perception of peace, and people chase this. I'm not talking about a peace that artific is artificially found by ignoring or retreating 
from the realities and obligations of the world. I'm not talking about that kind of peace. That's a peace that the world gives and the world chases after. I'm talking about a peace with God that secures your life when you're walking through something like this or this or this. That's the kind of peace I'm talking about. I'm talking about peace that holds right in the middle of suffering. I'm talking about a peace with God, a peace that is unshakable, it's unmoving, it is unceasing, it is a source of security and affirmation and strength. I'm talking about a peace that holds. I'm talking about a peace that nothing that you can ever face in this life can take it from you. That kind of peace. And that peace is found by living out of the truth of your justification. That's why Romans 5 is so critical for us to understand and find peace. You find peace by living out of the truth of your justification. I'm gonna break this down, the rest of the message. If you're like, how? How do I find that peace? Rest of the message, we're gonna chase after unpacking that. Three paths to find peace from Romans 5. First one, write it down. Secure peace with God by being justified. Secure peace with God by being justified. So the first thing, if, if, if your world is in disarray and you're feeling anxiety and worry and fear, the first thing you want to do is you want to secure peace with God. Get the most important relationship secured. And you secure your peace with God by being justified, by then walking in that. And so let's look at this. Peace with God is secured in being justified. It's right there. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ since we have been justified by faith. Justification, we, we, we defined it last week. Let me define it again this week for us. Two words, declared righteous. Declared righteous. And the context of Romans 5 goes one further because it says in the passage, justified by faith, we have peace with God. This is declared righteous by God. He's the ultimate authority. He's the ultimate judge. And you've been declared righteous by faith. You've been declared righteous by God. You've done nothing to deserve it. I, I want you to understand the, the, the basics of justification. So I'm gonna outline here um, maybe some principles that maybe all of them might be from, like, like new to you or maybe there's some that you need to be reminded of. But I'm gonna put them together in a little bit of a package here and teach on this right now. 10 principles of justification. We've got to understand that. I've got one word at the beginning of it that is sort of a reminder for us, and then we're going to sum them all up at the end. I'm going to walk pretty quickly through it, but I want you to capture this. 10 principles of justification. We have to understand this, because this is where our peace is secured. First, wrath. You're like, wow, we're off to a great start. Um, wrath is essential. Here's why. Because justification is sought when you recognize the truth of God's wrath. Listen, if we don't have any reason to need to be justified, if you're just like, I can justify myself, just myself, I can give you all the excuses and all the reasons I am the way I am, then you are not on the right path to justification or peace with God. The starting point for peace with God is recognizing that you have no peace apart from God. That, that your sin has brought this barrier between you and God and you need something. You know that, that the, the justice of God and the reality of that is that I stand condemned before God because of that. 
that if there's not some justification, I deserve wrath. That's the only, that's the motivation that's like, oh my goodness, I've got to find out how to find justification. And I know I can't just, like, I don't, ha- I don't have an excuse to pay for that penalty that stands between me and God. So wrath's the first thing. Second is this. Justification is a declaration. Justification is not a process. Okay, I'll talk about that a little bit later. But it's not a process. Justification is a declared act of God in the past. Think about it. It was declared when Jesus stood on the cross and bore your sin. And now that truth speaks forward into our reality and is meant to be a reality that we then walk with. Okay, and that's, what we, that's gonna be the process of this whole message is gonna be that move right there. But it was declared, friends. It was declared in the past. It's done, it's finished. Declaration, third, faith. It's received by faith alone, not because of any good works. Because listen, listen, just think about it this way. I thought about it this week. It was really helpful for me. How could it ever be about my good works when it was already done in the past? Like, you can't transport in a time machine and go back before the cross and be like, okay, God, I'm gonna do some things to earn your death on the cross. You can't do it. The only way that it could be is appropriated by faith. Because it was a past event that you're now grabbing and taking hold of into your life now. Faith. Justification received by faith alone, not because of any good works. Fourth, union. It's realized, justification is realized, or you walk in it by union with Christ in relationship with him. And we'll talk about that in the second point. Third, substitution. Justification is based on Christ taking our place on the cross. He died for what you should have died for and faced the penalty for. He died for you. Righteous, next one. This is, uh, justification includes the righteousness of Christ being reckoned to another in his love, in his death on the cross. He said, by faith, I will give you my righteousness. And it's reckoned or it's a gift to another. It's the greatest gift that's ever been given. Like just whoever gives you presents on Christmas, just be like, not as good as justification. That might seem a bit rude, but you know, you you get the idea here. Not as good. This is a phenomenal gift, righteousness. Justice, a justification brings God's mercy and justice together perfectly, perfectly. Who could have come up with this redemptive plan apart from the mind of God orchestrating it all? Blessing, it has a positive and negative blessing. And if you've never heard the word negative in front of blessing before, let me help you. Um, your sins have been stacked up and, and sit in between you and God. And justification means that that has been dismantled, it's gone down, it's been torn down because of what Jesus accomplished on the cross. So it's a negative blessing, because like, that's, trust me, that's, that's a negative blessing. That's a negative blessing. And then the positive blessing is that because of that justification, you now can have relationship with God. Next, number nine, eternity. Justification has eternal implications. That was all last week's message. I could only preach last week's message because of justification all of the hope, all of the anticipation of eternity, justification. Then lastly, transformation, justification intimately connected to sanctification. So we 
are able to walk forward and be changed by the gospel because we've been justified. Like the justification comes when, the, when we receive Christ, we repent and believe, and now the power of the Spirit allows us to be transformed by that. So justification is intimately connected to sanctification, but they're different because sanctification matures over time. It's growth over time. Justification, like we said earlier, declaration, declared act of God. So just look at all 10 of these words up on the screen. And uh, these are the 10 principles of justification. This, for the people who are in Christ, is the statement that loudly speaks over your life. Like, the God who knows everything about everything in your life and in my life and in everyone's life, this is through the gospel, through Jesus' death on the cross, that is what speaks over your life. Those statements speak over your life. You and I, we live under statements all the time. Statements from life in general, statements from the brokenness and suffering of this world, statements from the world and the enemy, or from the gospel. Some of you have been living under statements that cause you great distress, anxiety, worry, fear. It, it could be linked to, um, oftentimes is linked to an influential relationship in your past, maybe with a parent or a spouse or a child or someone who's had an influence over your life. And maybe the source of it and the statements that speak in painful ways over your life are because of um, rejection you've uh, faced from those relationships or uh, sometimes even worse, patterns of abuse. Or it could have been a harsh word or a relational break. And whatever has happened, it's, it creates at times these negative statements over our life, doesn't it? Like, I feel that. I have some of those in my past. And, and, and it causes you to feel these statements of, of, of you're, not, you're not loved. Yeah, I'm rejected. I'm worthless. Or maybe it's a statement from the world. Maybe it's some, uh, some expectation like, I have to do this or I have to live up to this expectation. I have to find this approval. And it creates a never-ending cycle of anxiety and worry and fear. It's never enough. What statements, what statements are speaking over your life, even right now? Maybe you even wrestled with them coming into church this morning. Maybe you wrestled with them looking in the mirror this morning. What if you lived under the influence of the statement of your justification? All of it, all of it. What if you lived under that? that you're made right with God because of what Jesus Christ accomplished, that you are forgiven, that you have a secure, unmoving relationship with God regardless of the state of your heart? What if you lived under the blessing that it is now and could be for you into the future? All of it is yours. Live under it. Live under these statements and you'll find peace. They, they never change. They don't shift. And they're constantly applicable to so many areas of your life. And church, you access it by faith, by faith, by looking back to what Jesus Christ has done and taking hold of that truth and living with those truths, speaking over your life. That's the process of faith and what God wants to do in relationship is to continue to speak those statements over your life and heart. 
so that you would stop your straining and, your, and, and, and all the discontent and all of the worry and anxiety. Just rest in him. Just rest in the gospel. And, and, and when you walk through this by faith, it's a, a move of repentance and belief. It's a process all the time of repentance and belief because of the, ways those, the way those statements sneak back into our mind and our heart. You see your need and you turn from your sin and you believe in Christ. It's more than a mental affirmation, it's a following after Christ. You take hold of justification. Listen, in, in the midst of, of what the, the, the Bible calls us to, living in your justification is a know and be move more than a do move. There's some things that we just need to know and needs to be more prevalent over our minds. And it's a be move, it's a you don't have to do anything to earn this. But we take hold of justification in those moments when we spend time with God in relationship with him. That's why we need regular times daily in your relationship with God because we wanna take hold of justification freshly for this day. Time alone, time in quiet, time in scripture, time in prayer, time gathered together to worship, time to meditate on these statements because what you're doing is you're replacing lies with gospel truths. Part of change happens because of the knowing and the being and there's nothing to do to earn your justification. It's been done and it's part of your new life in Christ if your faith is in Christ. Secure peace with God by being justified. Second, draw near to God because you are justified. If you take a peek at verse two, right after this declarative statement, Paul writes, through him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. The word you need to underline in that verse um, for, for this message is access, is access. The, the word access here, um, when we think about access in our world, um, it means, it can mean access to so many different things. But in this, in the original language, in the Greek, um, the word means something more specific than just general access. The word means access to a superior but more than just access to move into the presence of the superior, but actually access to engage in a relationship with communication back and forth with the superior. You see, the, you see, what, see what Paul's saying now when he says access? Obtained access by faith into this grace, we don't deserve it, into which we, though we don't deserve it, we stand. We stand. See, we have the opportunity to draw near because you are justified. You have access, church. You have access to the God who reigns over all. You have access to him, draw near. This is why, this is why like in Hebrews 4.16, for instance, it says, let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. How do we know that we have need? How do we know that there's a time of need in our lives? Because we're tempted with fear or anxiety or some sort of concern or struggle. And in that moment, our move, because we've been justified, is to draw near to God. Draw near to God. You have access because of your justification. 
getting special access to a special event. Like, I don't know if you've ever been given like special access to either an event or, or um, access to meet a, a person that you have great respect for. And uh, there's something about access that causes us to be like, oh man, this is really exciting, right? Like if, if someone had given me free tickets to the Big Ten Championship, I would have reorganized my last three days to have made that happen. I'm like, I'm getting there. I don't know how, and I might be tired on Sunday morning when I get back, but I'm gonna make that happen. Some of you who love to hunt, if, um, if you got exclusive access to some private property just full of 12-point bucks, you'd be like, I'm there. I'm making that happen. I would not have to like convince you to have urgency about it. You would just be like, yes. We have urgency whenever there's special access given to the degree that we long for that and see the value of that, we have urgency. We have urgency. Because you are justified by faith, because of what Jesus Christ accomplished, you are given access to draw near to God. And if we rightly understand the wrath that our sin deserves and we understand what he's accomplished on the cross. There is an urgency that will stir within the human heart to draw near to God. And it's in that drawing near that you find peace. Church, peace is not found by eliminating suffering or conflict. It doesn't come from kind of trying to stir up the right emotion. It, it also does not come from just dulling your emotions and desires. That's a mistake the world makes again and again and again, tragically. Peace is found when you draw near to the right person. You find peace in proximity to God. Peace is found when you draw near to the right person. Find peace in your proximity to God. Draw near to find security. Draw near to find wisdom for this life. Draw near to get direction from his way, his lead. Draw near to find stability from an ongoing presence of God in your life. This is your identity. It's been secured in the past. Access it now by drawing near to God because you were justified. Walk confidently into times with God, not with your head bowed. Why would your head be bowed? What do you, what do you need to show him? He did it all already and he welcomes you in. Draw near to God because you were justified from this place of security, uh, both in understanding justification and in um, drawing near to God. Find peace as you, number three, walk through suffering by standing in your justification. Walk through suffering and struggle and fill in the blank, whatever else, hard things, by standing in your justification. Look at verses three through five in Romans. He writes, not only that, not only this rejoicing in the hope of the glory of God, not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. I, you could easily find someone quoting Romans 5, 3 through 5, and you'd be like, oh man, rejoice in suffering. How? How do I rejoice in my suffering? 
And this would be one example where there is a tremendous danger in quoting things out of context. Because the context here is a declaration of your security is in the justification. The only way that you can talk to anyone about rejoicing in their sufferings is if their life is anchored in the justification, in their justification, that they've claimed by faith, okay? Anything else, any other call to rejoice in your sufferings, if someone's life is not anchored there, creates this sort of brutal, like, I'm not there yet, and I don't even know how to get there. And you quote these nice verses, rejoice in your suffering. You've got to understand that the only way that you can walk through suffering is by standing in your justification. And the security that you can have to walk through suffering is only possible if you're standing in your justification, understanding what Jesus did for you and drawing near to God. That security can bring peace, a tremendous amount of peace to help you endure any suffering when you rightly understand it. When you walk through suffering by standing in your justification, you realize that although the weight is real, although the pain is real, although the effort to walk through suffering feels heavy, you know, for those who have been trained by it, for those who have walked in it, you know that it's going to bear this fruit you know that it's going to bear endurance. You know it's going to build it in you. You've seen it, you've experienced it. You know it's going to transform your character. You know that in the midst of it, God is gonna bring hope. You know right in the middle of the suffering, God's love is gonna be shown to you in unique ways that's gonna blow you away. All of it because we are standing in justification. Peace with God comes when you know how suffering can be used to transform you. And we have to walk through suffering by standing in our justification. And so I have my uh, a winter coat up here as an illustration because this is going to represent justification and my justification. And I want you to know that in the August of 1994, I came to a place where I realized my, what my sin deserved and I saw the beauty and the glory of Jesus in the gospel. And in that moment, I repented and I believed and this justification was given to me. It was all of the beauty and the power of, of Christ's righteousness and uh, just laid over my life, and it became mine by faith. And I've taken hold of it, but I did not leave it there and walk forward. There have been moments in my life when I've done the very thing that I just illustrated. But for us to walk through suffering, as we're seeing here in Romans 5, is not to just pick up justification at one point in our lives. It's also, um, you won't find this ability to walk through suffering by just going, hey, look, I've taken hold of it. It doesn't come by knowing all the details of justification and, oh, man, I got all the details down and I've read the label and I've gotten the 10 principles of justification. Like, it's not that. Walking through suffering and finding peace in the midst of suffering means that you're standing in your justification. Like, like, like legitimately you've taken it and you're taking hold of every aspect of your life and you're, and you're putting it literally over your life. And then we all know that there's seasons in suffering where we're like, it's about to get rough. I'm gonna, I'm gonna zip this thing up nice and tight. 
Like at times I know I'm going to get, like I'm in my head's going to get cold in this season. Like I'm zipping it all the way up. And, and this is how we endure through suffering, by walking in our justification. So let me just make it even more explicitly clear. So let's just trace this through a few scenarios that we all face. We all face. Underline all in your mind. All face. Do you lack peace about your past sin? Do you, do you feel um, a level of shame and guilt for some of the things that you've done in the past? And, and you start to feel at times in regards to that sin that um, you start to feel the accusations come from your own flesh, maybe from other people. And you start to believe that. You start to believe that you're uh, worthless because of that. And what you're doing in that moment is you're just... Um, standing outside of your justification. For those who are standing in their justification, they're like, oh man, I'm feeling shame and guilt for something that's happened in the past, and I'm like, no, 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 no. He died for that. And, and enemy of my soul, if you want to speak things over my life, um, sorry, I can't hear you because I've got this up over my head and it's cinched around me and I... I I, I hear you talking, but I can't hear those statements because I'm standing in my justification. And you can declare whatever you want to me, but my God, the highest authority over all authorities, has declared that I am forgiven. And I stand right here. And I'm not leaving I'm living, I'm standing into this justification. And yes, there's moments when I move outside of it and I feel the weight and the pain of sin and I feel the shame and guilt and I get right back under that justification because I know that he died for all of it. And we stand in our justification. So if you lack peace about your past sin, you need to walk in that struggle by standing in your justification. Second, do you struggle with anxiety? Just general anxiety. And there's times you're just like, I get to this point where I'm like, oh man, I'm so focused on all the things in my life that could come against me and, and, and I got this fear about the future or this fear about what that person thinks or wants to speak over me and I feel anxiety. And some of us, I think in really good ways, uh, turn to Philippians 4. Philippians 4. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. How do I get there? Like, again, great verse. Don't take it out of context. The first three chapters of Philippians are all about justification. The last passage, if you read in your Bible, it's got that little heading. Chapter three, justification by faith. Paul, in chapter three, is like, it's nothing that I bring. It's all because of what Jesus has done. And on top of that, verse five says, right before Paul says this, he says, the Lord is near. Like, the only reason you can say this is because you've taken hold of your justification and you've drawn near to the God who's near. Like, that, that's required, I promise. Like, you gotta draw near to the God who's near. Because some of us are like this. Like, I believe it, God's near. But there's a move to actually draw near. And now, when I'm living here, I know that God not only has my past secured, if he's got my past secured, I'm pretty confident, my present and my future. 
And it's that processing through that gospel reality that leads to us being able to say, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, I'm accessing the nearness of God. And so then that, let your request be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. You can access this because you're standing in your justification. Another one, do you lack peace to be used by a God in his kingdom? It's such a privilege and such a joyous blessing, a grace to be able to be used by God in his kingdom. And some of you kind of stand on the sidelines and you watch and you're like, um, you know, I, I'm not worthy of being used by God. You're like, if you knew the things that I've done, I, I can't tell people about the gospel. Like, like, my life in the past is such a mess. And there's even places of struggle right now in my life. How much, how much of the Bible would not have been written if David or Paul would have used the same logic? <laughs> David was an adulterer. He worked out the murder of the woman who he desired. He worked out the, the, the effective murder of her husband. Yet he wrote most of the Psalms. Paul wrote Romans, and he was one who stood over the execution of Christians. No, they, they didn't do that. What they did, what they did is they stood in their justification. They're like, there's nothing in me that, that, is, that is right enough to deserve God's grace over my life to be used by him. I'm just gonna be faithful to him because I'm standing in my justification. One final example um, that I think impacts so much of our lives. Do you lack peace in your marriage or in any relationship? Some of you right now are like, oh man, please help. There's so much struggle and conflict here, isn't there, in relationships? How can you work through forgiveness and reconciliation if you are a not standing in your justification with God? Like, if you stand outside of your justification, that's where you go, listen, I'm gonna punish you for your sin against me. When we stand outside of our justification is when we're like, I'm gonna hold on to that thing and I'm not going to give forgiveness. It's outside of your justification when you're like, um, you're, you're, you're wrestling with this constant, we gotta have peace, we gotta have peace, we gotta have peace, as opposed to asking the question, how can we endure through suffering and conflict? Outside of your justification is where there's no security and you're gonna try to find security in that relationship. But when you walk through conflict standing in your justification is when you, the, the, the first place where conflict can begin to be resolved, church, is when you first recognize your own sin. And in justification is where you can recognize your sin and also have that sin covered. Your ability to deal with your sin rightly before God is the starting point to resolving conflict. And on top of that, you can't, when you truly understand what Jesus has died for you in his death on the cross, when, when you realize the sins that he's forgiven, you can't withhold forgiveness. When you really recognize what he's given you and how he's covered every 
insufficient aspect of your life, there is no ability in the human heart when that has fallen upon you, when you're standing in that justification to withhold forgiveness. You can't do it. It's also standing in your justification when you're able to navigate the difficulties of conflict when someone's not ready to forgive or isn't asking for forgiveness or there's so many confusing realities around it and you're like, where am I gonna find peace to navigate through this conflict that doesn't seem to have any resolution. You find the security to navigate through that, regardless of what the other person will do, regardless of what the other person, a decision they will make, you can stand secure when you know that your relationship with God is secured. And you can say anything to me, and we can navigate through this conflict, and it can be hurtful and painful, but I know where I'm standing. And that is the key place to work through conflict standing in your justification. We gotta go there in our conflict to the cross because at the cross we start to realize maybe as opposed to working against each other, we should work together to find reconciliation by walking through the word and letting it change us and transform us because we've seen how much we've gained from Christ's death and we walk in this justification. And so whatever part of your life it is, let's not leave justification in the past. We gotta bring it right into our present because that's where we find peace. That's where we find peace. This is why the Christ who came on Christmas was called the Prince of Peace. Because he authored it. And what he brought through his ministry and his life and his death and his resurrection was peace. He made sense of all the conflict. He gave us a place to stand as we walked through it. He even redeemed it in such a way that that, that that very conflict and suffering could be used by God, by his spirit, to bring things like endurance and character and hope and love. Find peace with God first by examining your own sin, admitting your own sin, asking for forgiveness, expressing forgiveness and working together towards reconciliation. And when you find that with God, you'll know how to find that with others. Stand in your justification. Find peace by living out of the truth of your justification. Secure peace with God by being justified. Draw near to God because you are justified. Walk through suffering by standing in your justification. Some of you need to receive this this morning. Maybe in some places in your life that you've never received. Maybe some for the very first time. This is the basis of your salvation. Any other basis is shaky, sinking sand. This is a firm foundation. And God, through his gospel, would call to you and say, if you've never received it, come and find joy and peace with God by being justified by faith. And grab hold of what we've talked about this morning. Teach it. Teach it. Parents to your children, Teach them that their faith and their justification and their rightness before God is not based on what they do. So easy. So easy to make the mistake. Talk to them about justification. Talk to them about what Christ has done for them. Give them a security, both for their present and for their future, by pointing them to this justification and talking about it again and again. Teach it and share it. We, we have a message to the world like, you can be right with God because of what Jesus did. You can be right with God. 
make the connection between Christmas and peace. It's announced there in, in Christmas, but it's realized in his justification, the justification offered to us that was accomplished in his death on the cross. And for the church, for us today, what I believe God wants for us is a revival of living out of our justification, like a revival of this. And so if you're at a place where um, you're feeling some level of anxiety or wanting to control things or just fear of what's coming now or in the future, I just wanna pray over us this morning. And so if that's you this morning, just bow your heads right where you're at and just open your hands in front of you. And I'm just gonna pray what we've uh, talked about today. I'm just gonna pray this over us and ask for God to bring a revival of living out of our justification. God, I am deeply encouraged by this truth this morning. Father, I am asking that your spirit would do in the hearts of these friends who have just walked through this with me like you've been doing in my heart this entire week. Leading me to see the circumstances of my life different. Rebuking me when I felt the reality of fear starting to stir up in me. And returning me back to my justification. God, how our flesh is so broken. How our hearts wander. How desires lead us to places we don't want to go. And God, into that, your truth speaks. It is a living truth. It speaks. And you, through the power of your Spirit, beckon us. You call us to first confess that we deserve wrath. God, help us in a way that your Spirit can bring to feel the weight of our sin and the way that it separates us from God. Help us then to also, right alongside of that, see what you have accomplished for us to see you hanging on that cross and completing the work. It is finished, you declared. And that's not just so I can celebrate Good Friday. That's for me right now. That's for us right now, God. Remind us of it. And then as we see that truth and know that that was fixed, it was declared, it was done, it was accomplished, let us, because of the invitation, take hold of that justification by faith that we would repent and we turn from the ways we don't take hold of our justification and we would believe in what you've done. And that through that, God, draw us near to you. Because the comfort of any human, the comfort of any reality, the comfort of even the resolution of the suffering would, would not satisfy our hearts like the longing we have to be near to you and to find our satisfaction in you and to rest there, and to find and experience peace with God. And then God help us to walk in the peace of our justification, to return here, back to this truth, back to this message again and again and again. God lead us, I want it so badly for my life and for our people. Lead us there for your glory. It's in Jesus' name that we pray, amen.